Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to all of us. And I'm so happy today to have as our guest, Sarah Deacon, who is a life balance coach. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here. Nice to have you here. And I think in these times of what seems to be really imbalanced, having someone who's a life balance coach seems like just the right mix. Tell me more about it. What is a life balance coach? Well, um, the way I define the work that I do as a life balance coach is I tend to work with people who are working in jobs and careers that they really love, whether they have their own business or are working for somebody else. They have a passion and they're doing work that they love, um, whatever that looks like. It's, it's on purpose. It's heartful work. And they are doing it for the sake of their families, their legacy, their kids. And in the experience of working in a job that we love, I have one too, um, we tend to get really caught up in it and give the best of ourselves to our work and bring home our leftovers. And that's not really what we want to do for our families. So my intention is to help people bring more of their best home to their families, even as they're giving um, you know, their, their best work to their, their jobs and professions as well. So it's, it is about defining and finding that balance with whatever it looks like to the, to the individual involved. That makes a lot of sense. I will tell you that for 30 years before I was doing podcast, I was in a corporate job in advertising and trying to leave that stuff at the office was very, very difficult. How would you have do an experiment here off the cuff? How would you advise me? I know it's a much longer than one piece of advice, but. How, what would you well, it's, yeah, coaching, it's not just giving advice. It's actually taking a look at who you want to be and how you want your life to look. And we really go in deep for um, just what the, what the underlying motivation is. Like, if you really want that really great relationship with your spouse or partner, if you really are, are working towards giving your kids this legacy of values or purpose or um, just pouring wisdom into them, then how is that showing up? How does that show up in your work? And how does it show up in what you bring home? So like, for example, a, a demanding advertising job, you know, that you can't necessarily leave at the office. Well, how does that impact the quality time that you have with your family, which is really what you're working for? You're working to provide for them. You're working to give them tools, skills, relationship, um, everything they need, the activities, the schooling, the education, whatever they need. So how does staying at work, even when you're at home, how does that actually help your purpose in pouring your legacy into them? So we kind of look at what's going on now. Where are you with your relationship with your kids? Where are you with your relationship with your spouse or partner? And is there something that's missing? Is there something that needs to shift? And what is it? What's the feeling you're after? What's the, what is the, the vision you have of your relationship? 
And then how close are we? And so we then we kind of would dig in to figure out, you know, what what might need to shift as far as mindset or attitude or just sometimes it's simple as it's as it is as simple as just changing the language we use instead of I'm sorry, I can't eat dinner with you tonight. I have to work. It's, you know, I'm really into this project right now and it's really exciting to me. I can't make dinner at this time, but I would love to have, you know, dessert with the family or just shifting that perspective and making, making sure that with whatever is happening in the, in the day, in the life, um, we're being intentional and we're actually choosing from a place of empowerment and knowledge and awareness, as opposed to just reacting to the circumstances of our day. Right. That makes a lot of sense because a lot of what I remember, thank goodness it's been a long while, but a lot of what I remember was just not being able to make changes, make choices, have choices. Mm -hmm. This you're offering choices. Now I'm wondering about today though, in this world that we're, that everyone's living in today, some at home, some at, working at home, some half time at work. How is that affecting in, in, in the work you do with people? How is that being is it affecting them and their choices? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it is, it's really um, at the front of a lot of people's uh, mind and experiences. A lot of people who are working full-time from home, I'm, I'm one of them. Um, there is this other energy that sometimes occupies the same space as my workspace. So it is a matter of sometimes defining boundaries and saying, okay, when I have my door closed, then mom's at work and please don't interrupt me because I need to focus. Um, it's, it's making the choices and setting up your experience and your environment in a way that supports balance, supports, um, you know, what, whatever needs to get done. And that I think is so important now because like if you're juggling half time, if you're if you're actually returning to the office, um, there's a whole other set of choices that comes along is, you know, when do I go in? When do I not? What needs to happen for me to feel comfortable and confident in making the, the choices that need to be made? So there's a, there's a lot of questions that come up and I, I do a lot of um, listening and holding space. Um, allowing people to to feel however they feel about whatever choice is coming their way. So that sometimes just is something that people don't always allow for themselves is to really check in and notice, well, what does this feel like in my body? What do I really want? Does this choice align with how I want my, you know, my big picture, my, my, overall, my overall life to look like? So as we're sort of recreating a normal from this pandemic, as we continue to move forward, I think it's really powerful that a lot of people are waking up to the amount of choice they really have when it comes to the decisions about how they work and how they navigate the separation between their work and home life and, you know, what is separate and what doesn't necessarily have to be. Right. And I also sound when listening to you that one of the choices someone would have made by talking to you is just that having someone else to listen, to talk to someone who can listen, because it might it's hard within the confines of staying at home or going part time to work or to have anybody to listen to you because they're all busy with their issues and stuff. 
and that you are listening. I hear listening as a key point. Is that, am I right in that? Yes. And silence is big because with our smartphones and with the demands of kids, spouses, partners, friends, family, whatever else is going on, all the circumstances, all the noise, you know, we are, we don't always allow ourselves to just get quiet and listen to our own selves, our own inner voice. And I've been finding working with my clients that when they do really get quiet and whether that's in response to a question I've asked or whatever that might look like the it's in that those silent moments where the wheels are turning and the thoughts are coming and the stories are trying to creep in but ultimately it's like there is this inner knowing what's really true for for yourself in in that silence so to just have somebody who's not afraid of silence. I know this is a podcast. I'm not going to sit in silence right <laughs> now, but <laughs> to sit in silence, I'm not afraid of silence. Um, it, it has given my, my clients some, some really, really powerful insights into, you know, just how, how powerful they really are. Right. Now, when you say your clients, are you working mostly with women, men, couples, families? What does what your client base look like? My client base looks like um, the sort of ambitious career-driven parent generally. So I'm generally working with parents, whether they have young kids or kids in school, or even um, I, I've actually, I'm not working with her, but I have a cousin of mine who is, you know, talking about her relationships with her grown children um, and has shared some information about, you know, her experience with what balance looks like for that relationship. So I, I appreciate working with people who are really passionate and purposeful in their careers, whether they have their own businesses or, or are working for somebody else. They're driven, they're high achieving, and they are really wanting to bring some of that energy to their relationships because they know that investing more in their families will help them keep those relationships and keep those relationships strong and, and really create depth and meaning in those relationships. That's really fascinating. Now, I just wanted to bring up one other subject because I know you're not able to do this these days, but you are or have been active as a postpartum doula. And because yes. of the pandemic, that's not been really possible with going into people's homes. But that is where people can start having an understanding of relationships at the birthing, mm -hmm. I'd love it if you talk a little bit about what is a postpartum doula. Yeah, absolutely. I was really drawn to postpartum work um, because of my own experience bringing my kids home. Um, it's a really isolating time, and it's also very transformative. Uh, becoming a parent is like this complete turnaround of identity, and it's very murky. And it's, again, like I said, it's very isolating. And when I realized that there was this profession of postpartum care called postpartum doula, I got a certification in this and I began to work with families in this capacity. And I realized recently as I developed my coaching practice that I have been coaching all along, even with my postpartum families, it is a really intense time. So there's not a lot of like 
intentional work to be done, but there's this there's this navigation through the the fog or through the clouds of all the all the different things that are coming at a person after having had a baby. There's this um, clarity that I could bring just by being present, holding space. You know, sometimes it was just silently holding baby or just sitting with mom or cleaning a microwave. Um, just this presence where like they can sort of rest in that peace that somebody in the room kind of knows what's going on, whether it's emotionally or just physically with the house or um, physically with the baby. There is somebody who has this like extra awareness that just the, the new parents can't necessarily have at the time. So that's something I really, really loved about being with my families when I was doing the postpartum work and the, the baby snuggles were an extra bonus. Yes. And, <laughs> and something I, I heard a lot of feedback from my clients that I worked with as a postpartum doula was that, that piece that I, I was able to bring that piece, that clarity that they could rest in. They could feel like they had, you know, something to, to, lean on or just this foundation of themselves that they could then bring into this relationship with their children. Um, where it just, it took a lot of the pressure of the day-to-day minutiae off their plate yes. so that they could really focus on that bonding and that relationship. Well, again, it sounds like focus is a key that you're helping people in coaching to focus on what the balance needs to be as you are helping mm-hmm. people in postpartum to focus on this new life and their new, who they were as a new, a mom or a mom and dad. And sometimes there's grief involved too, realizing that they are not going to ever be the same person that they were. And that's with personal development and it's with parenthood and it's with a lot of these transformative experiences in our lives. There, there can be this, this sadness and this grief that people don't necessarily want to talk about but it's there and to acknowledge it is so freeing because when you welcome these experiences and these feelings into your mind, into your body and really connect and feel into it, it, it loses the, the power because we resist a lot of these, you know, these feelings when we feel like it's, Oh, it's the wrong feeling to have like, oh, I, I, I feel guilty for wanting my old life or my old self back. And we judge and resist these feelings. But if we can just re- welcome and accept our own selves, then we can really um, move, move through them in order to create the ide- identity or experience that, that we want and that will e- be even richer than whatever it was we had before. Well, that's very clear and very, very important. I actually, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about that in quite that way, because when you become a new parent, a parent, you do change because you're no, not going to pick up and go dancing uh, with a little baby at home, you know, whatever, or just have the same energy or the same interest. Your whole life switches. Mm-hmm. So to, to have some sadness, to have some grief about what you are leaving uh, even though at the same time you might be very excited and happy about what you're getting. Yeah. It's, it's really nice, again, to have someone, as I hear you being able to do, to listen to that and to encourage the feeling. 
That's very important. Very nice. And to and to not judge it, because sometimes, you know, especially if people have had a tough birth or have gone through something really difficult, we, you know, sometimes their friends or family can be, um, you know, sort of silver lining things for them being like, oh, well, at least you have a beautiful baby, or at least you have this family, or at least you have this, this thing that's awesome, which, yes, is true. And like, there's also sometimes deeper feelings that that might be a little bit in conflict with whatever might be going on. So um, to, to just understand that there can be positivity without um, dismissing a, a deeper experience or expression of sadness or grief or a more, you know, quote unquote, negative emotion. I don't, I don't judge emotions as negative or positive or good or bad or right or wrong. They just are. We just right. are. And, and they're not all just, hey, everything's happy and wonderful. We have a new child. Mm-hmm. It's not that. Do you, I just wonder, do you have any clients today who were clients of yours as postpartum? Um, I do not. I have reached out to a few of them, um, but I, I have not worked directly in coaching with any of my my former postpartum clients. I just think it would be very interesting. I mean, for you and hopefully for them to have to re-experience that again and see. I'm, I'm totally open to it. <laughs> <laughs> and how- I love I love hearing updates from my clients and and seeing how their babies grow and. Right, right. Do you not now? You cannot obviously do that. Do you in, in with your quote new career as a balance coach? Are you thinking that you will ever go into homes again and do postpartum? I'm not sure. I don't know where life will take me. I, I've learned not to say yes or no to any of those questions about the future because. Life has taken me in such interesting and incredible directions. I never thought I would be a black belt martial artist, a karate instructor, but I I do that as well. So I'm leaving nothing off the table. For right now, I I am open to to serving postpartum clients if if that is what's needed, but I'm really feeling called to do the coaching work that I'm doing that's that's really where I'm putting my energy and focus right now because I can do that virtually I can do it in person and I can do it over the phone it's it's offering me a lot of flexibility which I love yes and it works and that works for the balance for my family too well in terms of balance how does martial arts work and coaching work balance well my my balance coaching program is really based on the lessons that I've learned as a martial artist um, there is a level of bodily awareness. There is some courage at play. There is um, this this discipline and repetition and reinforcement process that comes into play with it. And then ultimately, there's this total shift of identity of like, I I became a black belt before I earned my black belt. And it was by becoming a black belt that I was able to earn my black belt. So it's, it's a really interesting process and it parallels the, the personal growth and the coaching journey that, that I use in my, in my process. It sounds to me like there might be in each case, some degree of risk involved in making the mm-hmm. change to become a black belt, making the change to become what you'd like to be do you see that also? Oh yeah, for sure. Because the the biggest risk is 
I have to face my fear, whatever that is. Right. Like there's, there's always fear that comes into play and it ultimately comes down to a decision of either giving into the fear and running back to comfort or pushing through and understanding that even though this work, whatever it is, is difficult, it's a challenge and it requires something of me. It's going to be better for me in the long run. It's going to be better for my family. It's going to be better for my relationships. It's going to be better for my physical health and mental health or whatever it is. Um, there's an understanding and then there's the movement from, you know, instead of moving from a place of fear, there's this movement from a place of love, love for myself, love for the the people around me. Right. Well, as they say, there are only really two places, love or fear, and depends mm -hmm. on which, which are we coming from in any situation. Right. It's really clear. Also, I would think that doing martial arts, how long have you been doing it? I've asked that question. I've, I've only been doing martial arts for about three years, a little over three years. And I came to it um, through my children who, who began their, their black belt journeys before I did. So um, it was because I decided that I wanted to be someone they could look up to. And if I was asking them to do certain things physically, mentally, emotionally, um, through the martial arts practice. But if I wasn't willing to do the same for myself, then I was not going to be teaching them the lessons as effectively as I could. So then it came to a decision, am I going to step out on that mat or am I not? And I did. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Sounds wonderful. And I bet your children were very happy with the, fi if, with the final results. I don't know if they might have been a little less than happy when you started, but. Uh, happy. Oh, they loved it when I was started. They laughed at me so hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's and I, real I realized what they had been asked to do with their bodies was really, really incredible, um, especially because my body had never been asked to do things like that before. And now my body can do things I never thought it would be able to do. Well, yes. And also your body was a little different than like, I remember when my youngest daughter started riding and I was afraid because she was falling off the horse that she'd get hurt. Mm -hmm. And my wife said, she won't get hurt. She bounces. She said, if I get on the horse and get thrown off, I might get hurt because I don't bounce quite the same way. Right. We don't bounce the same way as our kids do. It's true. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations on, on, on all of your accomplishments there. And now looking ahead, you can you say you can do this coaching both in, in person and I know you could do it online, but is it all right mm -hmm. these days for you to be in person with people? Yeah, I, I have in our area, we are, you know, more, more or less back to a lot of in-person experiences. So we've been in person in karate at our academy and every once in a while there's, you know, masks or different things, different um, procedures in place. But for the most part, we're, we're getting together and um, it's not like it was, but it's, it's better than, um, you know, last year. Yes. Yes. Well, almost anything's better than last year, but yeah. what do you see for the future? What do you believe that you'll be doing some Zoom calls in the future? Has that helped? I mean, has it expanded things for you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I would not have gotten connected with you without the Zoom calls right. that uh, I was exposed to through the different opportunities that are that are available now and uh, the technology we have. So I, 
I like getting together with, you know, people on Zoom, just just talking and, you know, geeking out about personal development or personal growth stuff. Um, I love it when people share their stories about raising their kids and about postpartum. Um, I just, I love talking to people and that is why I feel like I'm in the perfect profession and I can do that on Zoom. I find it really effective to do over the phone because even like just eliminating the face-to-face, it, um, it lends this level of safe feeling, safety net where people don't feel as seen or being like examined under a microscope or something, you know, to take away the face-to-face. So I do a lot of my coaching over the phone, just on a simple phone call, which has been very effective as well. But I love talking to people face-to-face in person, feeling their energy. It's something that I I really missed when everything was shut down. And um, I'm I'm glad to be, you know, opening up to that again. And um, and also the Zoom, I've been really grateful for that. Well, it's true. I think what you're saying, though, also about the phone and having the privacy. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you're dealing with heavy emotions or heavy feelings, thoughts, that doing it, quote, privately, but being heard at the same time is a wonderful right. situation. And the phone allows right. that. That's nice. That's yeah, nice. It, allows, it allows me to be very present as well, because I can... I have to really, really listen and I can, I can literally hear people's energy shift over the course of a half hour or 45 minute hour long phone call. I can hear the difference um, that they experience and it's, it's really powerful. That's what, that's quite wonderful. Yes, you can hear you, as you could be in the physical sense in a room, you could feel this, the shift in, in their energy, mm-hmm. but on the phone, as you say, you can hear it and that that's important. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, it comes through. We don't have to, we don't have to be breathing the same air to be really powerfully connected and deeply connected. Well, that's one of the things I think the Zoom world has shown us, particularly with families. I, we experienced mm-hmm. it that we spent more time with our families on Zoom this year than we normally did on, in a year when there was, we, there was no pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had similar experiences, especially early on. And we have family um, we're in Wisconsin and we have family that are a little bit, you know, further out in the suburbs of Wisconsin. And there's family that's in uh, Minneapolis area and then family down in Florida. And we were able to, you know, all get together on a somewhat regular basis, especially early on when we didn't have as much um, as many other things going on as we right. now do. <laughs> well, now we get busy again. And, and sometimes yes. we, we might miss a little bit that spare time when we could actually spend it with family. Well, and that's why I think the work I'm doing right now, it's it's just so appropriate and so necessary because we had that opportunity last year to really take that look in the mirror and that look at our lives and what we were filling our time with, um, especially because it all got stripped away or at least, you know, 99% of it. And we, we were able to collectively as a society Um, a global society, like just really take that hard look at what's essential. What are we really here for? What is our purpose when we don't have these, you know, activities and, you know, distractions getting in the way and to be able to hold on to that, like what we learned from that introspection, from that examination, as harsh as it was and how, as 
dark and difficult a journey that may have been, the the power that we come out of it with now is being able to to hold that essential part and weave it into every other thing that we're doing. Right. And I think that would makes what you're doing even more powerful. I think that people will be more responsive and more able to get into what is it they really want because they've taken the time to look at what am I doing here? Right. What am I what would I rather be doing? Right. And and even if even if you don't know exactly what it looks like to weave that that most important, you know, aspect into that purpose into the rest of your life, even if you don't know quite know what it looks like, just knowing that you do have one, you you have this purpose and you have this vision of what's most important. You have a priority already. Making making the choices that align with that, you know, that might need a little bit of a a handhold or a guide or a, a presence or a person to to listen and um you know and help navigate those waters. And that's again, that's exactly what I do with with my coaching. Well, that's absolutely right. I mean, those waters are very very moving. They move quickly and they're hard to navigate, as you say. And having someone you have faith in listening and helping you navigate is is wonderful. So I I hear you're doing mm-hmm. a great job. And I also hear that you love what you're doing. Oh yeah. That's 100%. What... I this is, you know, I talk about living purpose and passion and that's that's exactly what I'm doing and it's exactly what what brought me right where I am at at this moment in the season in this in this time of our world in this in this era. In the right place at the right time in this case. Right. Very like definitely. there's there's 100% a reason why we are in the the bodies we are in the time we are in the year we are in the home we are in the families we are like there's there's a reason for it absolutely and i'm glad you are because you're here on this show and that makes it wonderful thank you and we've been going mm-hmm. pretty quickly here the time is almost up and as i said to you before what we want to do now is ask if someone who's listening to this would like to learn more about what you do what's the best way for them to get in touch with you Probably the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. Um, it's just my name, saradeegan.com, and it's S-A-R-A. I have no H on the end, so S-A-R-A-D-E-A-C-O-N.com. And that's my website. It's got all the ways to contact me, to follow me on social media, and um, and get in touch with me that way. There's a contact form on the on the last page, on the contact page, and we can uh, we can get in touch. Excellent. And, Excellent. And have a conversation. But let me just ask you a final question as we're going off here. I know that you like what you're doing. Is there one aspect of it that's your favorite part? Um, it's going to maybe sound a little bit um, mean or harsh, but I love when my clients hate me for a minute. Um, <laughs> I love putting my clients into this really like gooey, powerful, confronting, um, uncomfortable position, whether it's with an exercise that we're doing or a mental, um, you know, mental exercise or a, um, you know, just a, maybe just a bullseye question that really gets them like, like stopped in their tracks, feeling like, ugh, that, um, and because ultimately what comes after that is this new level of understanding or enlightenment or 
um, empowerment. Um, so it's like, it's that sticky moment where I know that they're squirming, but I know right on the other side is going to be this breakthrough. So that is probably my favorite part is, is being a little bit hated because I know that at the end of the call or at the end of the experience, they're going to be like, thank you. Well, that's wonderful. And I don't know, everybody who wants to squirm, you get a hold of Sarah. And right. <laughs> and is I've had so many of those moments myself and I like, I seek them out now. So um, don't worry. Like we all start out as white belts. So like, I don't give you the black belt level right at the beginning. Right. Well, the post, we, we take it baby steps. <laughs> squirming is the best part. Right. We, yeah. It's, it's just, it's being willing. It's being willing to, to let yourself go to a place that you're not sure about. Well, I, and and that's, I love, I so appreciate that in my clients. The analogy I just thought of was you have to be off balance to get balance. Mm. And I, I start to say, sometimes I tend to say a little bit, um, there's actually no such thing as balance. It's all a, it's all a counterbalancing act. Yes. If we're leaning too far over here, we've got a counterbalance over there. So it's, there's no such thing as true balance because we're never going to be sitting still. I heard something about children, about walking. The children, when they walk, it's really a controlled fall. <laughs> yes. Well, Sarah, this has been wonderful. I thank you so much for being on the show. And I wish you the very best in your wonderful balanced career. Thank you. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. <laughs>